Shuff Fidehuse, my name is Kazumunungu and welcome to a brand new episode of the weekly wrap up. Buckle up as I take you for a ride on the beautiful roller coaster that is football. I bring to you the latest results and fixtures from the big leagues, reviews and previews of all the big games. If you're ready, let's get started. Let's dive straight into the results. Amazulu get their first win against Baraka. Um, I'm happy for Bini Makata to finally get a win. I hope this means that his season is up and running. Because uh, I don't think he's been doing well so far. I don't know if it was pressure or whatever it is. But uh, I'm happy that he's back uh, to winning ways. Oh, Orlando Pirates lost by two goals to nil against Mamelodi Sundowns. Um, I would like to say I'm disappointed, but I'm not. I'm not surprised that Orlando Pirates lost, um, especially against Sundowns. Um, I would be happy if Orlando Pirates won, but I'm not shocked that they lost. You know, it's not, it's not surprising for, to me. So let's move on. Skukuni United drew with Golden Arrows. Um, Arrows played very well last season, very, very exceptionally well, and I don't know, it's like they took a dip this season, like everything's just going down, um, but it's early, you know, it's still early days, and you know, they didn't do well in the early days of last season, so maybe they want to pick up the pace, maybe they need, need time to build momentum, I don't know, but I hope they really pull up their socks because their performance is dipping. Um, moving on though, uh, Stellenbosch beat Chipper United by two goals to one. Stellenbosch is a team we should look out for because it's, it's doing very well. It's doing very well for itself. And I think, I think it might be able to pose a challenge. If, if they concentrate and they continue to play well, there might be something to look at. But obviously, the ball is in their court, and we'll see how they do. Um, Swallows through with Cape Town City. That was a game that I played on Friday. Swallows, the Draw Kings, doing what they do best, throwing. Um, generally, I feel like the type of football that Swallows plays is, is bad. It, it's diluting the football of PSL as a whole it's just it's so diluted and so tasteless I'm really not excited it's bland that's the word I was looking for the word bland the type of football that plays very bland I mean no offense to the players and the staff but the type of football that they're playing is very bland and I really really genuinely wish they could pull up their socks and grab the three points yeah Captain City, on the other hand, has a tendency of disappointing against big teams. I'm not saying that Swallows is a big team, but I'm not saying it's not a big team. So they should have done something, I think. Um, speaking of big teams, Super Sport United beat Models Big United 2-1. See what I just did there? Super Sport being a big team. Yeah, I think Super Sport is a big team. Super Sport has had its moments. Um... 
this season may be but you know it's early days it's early days let's not make such strong predictions but their win this weekend was was highly was needed for morale for for everything honestly because they look they sit very well in the in the log standings and that's very good for them um let's move on though Royal am the high flyers coming off from that big win against Kaiser Chiefs, they won for two against TS Galaxy. Also very good. Um, I'm excited to see how they are gonna build and what direction they will be taking. Um, I think they hold a lot of potential given the quality of players that they have. Remember, they have the players that Bloomfontein Celtic had and the players from Raw AM. So we'll see how I'd like to see how they get blended together and how they work going forward, right? Um, Gallants and Kaiser Chiefs played out to a nil-nil draw. This game, uh, so each team getting a red card, like right at the end. Um, would say I'm very disappointed by Kaiser Chiefs. Ah. I don't think Marimo Collins is a, I mean, no disrespect, but it's a very small team and I just feel like they should have done better, especially given the type of experience and caliber that the players and Kaiser Chiefs are at. And maybe the red card was a big blow and a big setback. And, and I personally feel like the red card was undeserving. Um, I've watched the replay like three times and I don't see where, where he deserves the red card but he got the red card it's fine and they played very well defensive wise but their attacking was lacking because they didn't score any goals but i'm happy that chiefs is failing honestly i'm not a fan of kill chiefs and i love to see it fail um unfortunately for Kaiser Chiefs they face a very very strong opponent on the next game which is Amazulu Amazulu coming off from that win against Barroca they definitely would like to see themselves build momentum and move on forward and see what they can provide you know Kaiser Chiefs on the other hand looking to bounce back especially because last game was a draw and the game before that was a loss so um, the coach will be under a lot of pressure to produce results so sometimes pressure produces diamonds so I don't know maybe the pressure will will be good for the coach I hope it will be but on the other fixtures we have cheaper United we face Supersport United giving that one to Supersport TS Galaxy will face Kukune um, Barocca will face Stellenbosch, Cape Town City, Tackle, Orlando Pirates. And on Sunday, we will have Arrows facing Maroma Kalons, while Royal AM uh, square up against Marosbeck United, Nakhizet, and Derby. Or Mamelodi Sundowns will face Swallows FC. Well, currently, Swallows Sundowns are looking pretty. They sit pretty at the top with 13 points. Two points ahead of Super Sport United, who are tied with Stellenbosch with 11 points, and Orlando Pirates not too far behind with 8 points. I will see how that goes. But so far, Sundowns are taking it. 
Uh, it's still early days, of course, but we will see how it goes. Um, I genuinely believe that Sundowns is going to take it again this season, as they always do. But I stand to be corrected. I genuinely hope I'm wrong. Now for the English Premier League. Ah, Chelsea finally, finally lost to Manchester City by a goal to nil. Ah, shockingly, Manchester United lost to Aston Villa also by a goal to nil. The game that saw Bruno Fernandes skyrocketing a penalty in stoppage time. Um, Everton won 2-0 against Norwich, while Leeds lost to West Ham by two goals to one. Leicester and Burnley drew to all. Um, Leicester's problems seem to be mounting for sure. Like I just feel like they are on a spiral, and just everything just keeps going from bad to worse for them, and they're on a slow decline as far as their football is concerned but maybe they can still turn around maybe Brendan Rodgers can fix it I hope uh, moving on though Wetford and Newcastle played out to a one all draw and Brentford and Liverpool played out to a three all draw six goal thriller one of the best matches I have ever seen uh, this year to be honest uh, the match between Brentford and Liverpool um, both teams came in guns blazing and for some point at some point you didn't even tell that Brentford hasn't been in the Premier League for the past 70 years like they played exceptionally well especially against a huge team like Liverpool um, I'm impressed I'm impressed with both teams um, they're doing things yeah they're doing amazing things at Brentford and Hopefully they get rewarded with some silverware of some kind, somewhere. I'm not gonna say where, I'm not gonna say how, but they will see for themselves. Moving on, Southampton lost two goals by a goal to nil, while Arsenal won 3-1 against Tottenham in the North London Derby. Arsenal is looking really good. I think they could... Yeah, they, they're definitely coming back. I mean, I can be quoted with this. I'm pretty sure I said that Arsenal are going to come back and no one believed me. And look at them now. They're back in the top 10. Before you know it, they will be in the top 5. And before you know it, they might even be in the top 4. Who knows? But I, I said it. I said it. I, I, it's probably somewhere on record. I would probably put it up here if I find it, but I'm I, I'm sure 100% that I said it. Arsenal, they were on the up and up. I mean, and they were rock bottom. And you know, when you get to the bottom, there's only one way to go, bro, which is up. And they did just that, going up. But anyway, let's move on to the fixtures. Uh, Crystal Palace will face Brighton on Monday. Uh, I pray to God that Brighton loses because if Brighton wins then they they go above us I don't want that I don't want that at all and by us I mean Manchester United which will face Everton on Saturday while Burnley will face Norwich uh, Chelsea will face Southampton Leeds will face Watford while Wolves will face Newcastle and Brighton will face Arsenal 
And then on Sunday, we'll have Crystal Palace facing off against Leicester. Tottenham will visit will be visited by Aston Villa, while West Ham face Brentford. And finally, Liverpool face Manchester City. I know, right? I'm nodding my head like I'm getting goosebumps just saying Liverpool versus Manchester City. We know how big these two teams are and how colossal they are. How colossal it gets every time they face each other. So I'm expecting nothing but the best. of the world. Bayern Munich are still on top. Big shocker there. Um, they're still undefeated. Um, might even go off the web and say that they might be undefeated for the rest of the year. Probably the rest of the season too. I don't know but there's no competition for them really. Um, they won 3-1 in the last game. And they play Frankfurt next on Sunday. Good luck to them. Because going up against Bayern isn't something that I would want to do right now. But that's it in Germany. In France, PSG is still on top again. They've won 8 out of 8 of their matches, meaning they are undefeated. They've scored 22 goals. Crazy is that. Last game they've won 2 0. And they play Reigners next on Sunday. Um. Messi is still to, still to score. I don't know how I feel about that because Messi is one of my favorite players in the entire world and he's doing very badly. Very, very badly. I thought I think maybe PSG was a bad decision. I don't know why, why it's so difficult for him to adjust and score the goals. I mean, Ronaldo's not having that problem. And Ronaldo's like one of his biggest rivals. So I don't know what he needs. But now he's allegedly injured. I don't I don't believe he's injured. I just, just feel like it's it's random and so convenient for him to get injured all just out of the blue. But he's injured and he didn't play this last match. Might not play the next one as well. But we patiently await his return and probably he will mark the return with a goal. Oh goals, I'm not picky. Either way, we're good. But going to Spain now. Real Madrid still on top. Again, they are also undefeated. Last game they drew against Villarreal. Very disappointing. And they play Espanyol next. Uh, not much of a threat. Uh, Espanyol has not really been much of a threat. And I don't think it will be anytime soon. So, good luck to Espanol. Try to beat Real Madrid. Very high flying right now. So, I don't know how they'll do. Now, in Italy. Uh, in Italy, Napoli are on top. Um, I like the Italian Serie A because for the past three weeks, we've had like three different people teams on top last last time i think it was ac uh yeah last time it was inter and the time before that was ac milan and they're just exchanging top spot they're, they're playing hot 
potato with the with the number one position and that's good that's what i'd like to see that type of, co- of competition napoli are undefeated along with inter and and napoli i mean along with inter and ac milan they remain undefeated um napoli beat Cagliari 2-0 and they will play for next on sunday um, Frontier can be threatening a bit, but all in all, I think Napoli has nothing to worry about, especially given how they played against Cagliari. Great dominance, but they would, I would suggest that they work on their forward and their attacking capabilities because it left a lot to be desired for me, and I think they can fix it. Yeah. Yeah, they could definitely do some real damage if they fixed that and by fix I'm not saying remove whoever's there now I'm just saying tweak the tactics and just try something new and let's see how that goes for them now diving into our match preview so the match that I chose is Liverpool versus Manchester City because I believe that this is definitely a clash of the titans. This is like Godzilla versus King Kong, if I'm being honest with you, man. Because, wow. These are arguably two of the best teams in England right now. Um, and I don't even know where to start because it could go either way. It could literally go either way. But my money is on Liverpool. I'm willing to put a lot of money in Liverpool taking this one. But let me give you the facts so you decide for yourself. Uh, last six games, Liverpool have won four, lost zero, and drew two. Right, last six, that's Liverpool. Manchester City, on the other hand, have won four, lost one, and drew one. So you know who has the upper hand, the team that hasn't lost, <coughs> Liverpool. Um, but head to head, the last six times that these teams have faced each other, Manchester City have won three of those games and lost one and drew two. So that should definitely concern you as a Liverpool fan because you have the better track record uh, outside of this colossal clash. But at the same time, Manchester City, who would fancy themselves as the favourites because they've won three as opposed to you winning one in the last six games. And definitely, given that the last time that these two teams faced each other, Manchester City came out on top by four goals to one, you would definitely give a Liverpool fan something to worry about. So that tips the scale a little bit. Uh, players to watch though, I'd say Mo Salah, fresh off getting 100 goals for his club. I think he's going to do something amazing. And for your information, he's the top goal scorer in the Premier League right now with the five goals. Well, he shares it with Antonio and another player, but he's on top either way. Diego Jota. I think Diego Jota is one of the 
most sensational players I've seen in the Premier League and he always poses a threat when he's in field. Same goes for Trent Alexander-Arnold, creating opportunities and I fear he will do the same against the citizens. But the citizens, the citizens have the players of their own, Gabriel Jesus, um, he scored, he has three assists, he's a, he has three assists this season, he scored a goal that downed Chelsea on, during the weekend, so they'll be looking into him to score again or at least assist. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne definitely knows a thing or two about assisting and I think he's going to be pivotal in that match along with Jack Grealish one of the most expensive Englishmen and we'll see what he can do and really if he was worth the money and the hype that he bought into it uh, definitely I think he is but at the same time I don't think he has been performing at the caliber that I want him to perform at and I think if we give him time he will definitely mature into the role that he's been given and hopefully score goals and win trophies for the team. It's time for the player of the week. So the player that I chose today is Peter Shalulile. Peter Shalulile is a rating of 7.2 out of 10. Now this rating is purely biased and is based on my feelings towards the player and how I've seen them perform. 7.2 out of 10 is the highest rating that any player has ever got in the Premier Soccer League and it is the highest rating I will ever give to a player in the Premier Soccer League. Now, Peter Shalilile is a forward. He plays for Mamelody Sundowns, rocking the jersey number 38. He started his career in Namibia playing for Tura Magic. Right, played there from 2011 until 2015. Right, he then joined Highlands Park in 2015, where he played 117 games, and he scored 400. And, I mean, he scored 44 goals. Wow, for I almost said 400. Wow. Um, he then moved on to Mamelodi Sundowns, where he's played 45 games and scored 25 goals. This season he has played 5 games and he has scored 4 goals. This Namibian is definitely a firecracker. He is definitely an assassin in the box and he should be feared. Genuinely think he is one of the greatest players to ever grace us with his presence in the PSL and he will continue to to do amazing things and win trophies and score more goals. And now for my match review. I decided to go with a local match here between Orlando Pirates and Mamele Descendants. Mamele Sundowns ultimately won this game by two goals to nil. Both goals scored by Peter Shalolile, which by the way is our player of the week. Uh, Mamele Sundowns had 12 shots, three of which were on target, while Pirates had seven shots, three of which were on target. Uh, 
Mariners and Downs enjoyed a healthy 60% of the possession while the Parrots uh, scrapped off with 40%. Right, uh, Mariners and Downs were able to complete 450 passes, which given them an accurate, a pass accuracy of 84%, while the Pirates almost half that of Mamela Sundance sporting 281 passes and a pass accuracy of 71%. I watched this game with a very heavy heart because it was right after the Manchester United game, so I was very heartbroken because Manchester United had lost. and. I watched it with a lot of critique and a lot of sourness and bitterness to it. So I was very harsh as I was watching this game. And I have to say that Pirates played well. I genuinely believe that Pirates played well. I don't know if this is me trying to console myself, but I genuinely believe that Pirates played well and they just lagged. They just slapped a little in concentration, just a little bit, and it happens, you know. Unfortunately for them, that lapse in concentration cost them two goals and ultimately the entire match. But they have a lot of positives to take out of this, and I think that they have direction, which is something that Orlando Perez hasn't had in a long time, vision, and... They finally have a way forward, and I think if they work at it, they could do something big. Uh, on my melody sundowns, they're still looking perfect. They've been perfect for the past three years now. They've continued to work like a, a flawless machine. You know, it doesn't matter who they put on the field, it doesn't matter who they don't, they still win. And I think my melody sundowns understands the the main point of the league which is to just show up and win and they do that flawlessly every single week they even go far as to say back yeah they take it back and they continue to do it and they will continue to do it until someone rises up and says enough is enough and tries to, to stop them but Stop them if you can, bro. They, you can't stop them. They're just perfect, and they will continue to be perfect. Now to dive into a segment I'm calling How the Game is Played. This segment is for the people who are not really entirely into football and don't really understand how it works i'm here to explain all of the technical bits so you walk out today in a semi-pro so today we are diving into the world of defenders so defenders are responsible for preventing the attacking team from scoring and for winning back possession of the ball so that a counter-attack can be mounted while every player on the pitch must contribute to these two tasks, responsibility lies most heavily with the defenders. They can be categorized as either a central or a wide defender. Right. So the defender's role. We'll get into the central in the later. The defender's role. 
as well as taking individual initiative when required the defender must work together with his team using a variety of skills and tactics he must force the attacking team to make mistakes by marking opponents closely intercepting their passes and gaining possession of the ball defensive strategies may involve zonal defending and man-to-man marking right so first of all it must be thinking to yourself what is marking so marking is when a defender closely shadows the movements of an attacker this is known as marking the defender may be able to intercept the ball or an attacker may be uh, disembarked from passing uh, to a marked opponent right i use the big word there which is intercept what does intercept mean? So when a, dece- when a defender intercepts an attacking an attacker's pass, this is often the result of the pressure applied by the defending team as a whole through persistent marking and close down. So basically, intercepting is just taking the ball before it reaches where it's supposed to be. That's intercepting. It's plain and simple. Tackling. Tackling is using the feet to take the ball away from the player. Uh, the sliding tackle can be highly effective but defenders timing must be perfect because if you get that wrong it could injure the opposing player and get yourself a red card and probably lose the match by giving the other opponent a penalty and we don't want that that's very bad right so the skills required to be a defender uh, the defender must be highly skilled player who is able to bring the ball out of out of defense in a controlled way before making accurate passes to teammates who are better placed to set up attacking moves. I think Tulani Klaujai should listen to this or read this so that he understands what his role as a defender is and stop making the mistakes that he makes. But this is, I'm getting personal now, let us, let us go. So types of defenders, we have the central back. Central back, the center back, sometimes known as the center half, is the team's last line of defense. Success or failure often rests on the player's ability to tackle effectively and win the ball. A center back needs to be tall, as it is vital that he can win the ball when it is in the air. He should also be powerful, fearless, defensive, willing, and to make all or nothing tackles, <clears throat> unlike Tulan Um center back has to be dominant like it's important that he a good center back good example of a good center back would be Rio Ferdinand he used to play for Manchester United uh, you would very much need to be like him uh, another type of defender that you would have other wide defenders so the standard four-man defense consists of two center backs and in the middle center backs Obviously, you'd expect center backs to be in the middle, right? And two full backs on the sides, right? Those are the wide ones. There's only the left back and the right back. Uh, a further wide defender, also called the wing backs, will regularly advance along the way down from launching attacks down the flanks and to join in with their own team's attack, right? So that is it for the defenders um 
basically what you need to know about defenders is their last line of defense they need to make sure that the opponents do not score and that's the primary motive and also they need to be able to launch quick counter-attacks and ultimately help the team succeed now it's time for a slice of history uh from folk to association right so football was transformed from a dying folk ritual in the british countryside to the world's most popular and commercialized sport in just a century it was nurtured in england's elite universities and public schools before bursting out into the cities of victorian britain along the way the game acquired pitch markings 11 players per side and forbade the use of hands so folk football by the early 19th century folk football was dying increasingly the authorities feared the drunken mob and the in- and impact their games would have on the property and the land so in 1835 the new highways act gave magistrates the power to ban street football which they did as i said so by the 1860s the game had been taken into public schools where it underwent a transformation and emerged as what do we now call association football so how was street football different from the public schools or association football right so reformers in public schools in the early 19th century resolved to create muscular christian gentlemen fit in mind and body to run the british empire and what better way to enforce this than the regular playing of football so aside from physical activity this new breed of school master hoped to teach their charges discipline teamwork fair play and courage so a variation of that was the eton field game so this was a cross between football and rugby the rules for this traditional game were documented for the first time in 1815 so um, let me give you a timeline of football's first so in 1857 the first uh dedicated football club sheffield fc was established and in 1870 our uh, specified goalkeepers are used for the first time interesting and just two years later in 1872 the first fa cup final and the first international and in 1873 just a year later players could be sent off for a serious offense for the first time so it doesn't mean that before 1873 there were no red cards wow football must have been brutal before then so in 1877 match length was fixed at 90 minutes there's a whole rule about how football is and how the 90 minute rule came about and if you want to hear the rule and you want me to go further into it let me know in the comments i'll definitely do that for you um but moving on in 1878 referees used whistles for the first time that's concerning what did they use before whistles what did they use so that they just shout 
but okay, they used whistles for the first time in 1878. This doesn't feel like a long time ago to me, honestly, but okay, let's move on. In 1880, the crowds pay an admission fee to watch matches for the first time. So I think this is when football became a business. In 1881, the FA rulebook states the need for referees to officiate matches. Alright, that's an understandable one. In 1882, crossbars for goalposts are introduced. Very understandable, because I think before that a lot of confusion was had. Uh, in 1887, the center mic and center circle are used for the first time. Alright, also good. Also a good one. I don't know why it took them so long to get that. And in 1888, the first season of the football league is played. And in 1898, a linesman is introduced for the first time. And in 1909, goalkeepers first required to wear a different colored strip. Uh, so that we not we don't confuse them as the players and so in case you're wondering the first international match um that was played was against england versus scotland which ended in a nil nil draw in glasgow and the first fa cup final was so wanderers beating royal engineers by a goal to nil that is all from your slice of history Hope you enjoyed. Now it is time for a slice of history. Club edition. Now the club we're looking at today is Liverpool FC. So Liverpool is regarded as the most successful club in the history of English football. The Reds have enjoyed an unprecedented um, period of dominance during the 1970s and the 80s, winning seven league titles, four European Cups between 1976 and 1984, mostly under Bob Parsley. Since the 1990s, uh, league success has passed to Manchester United and Liverpool is regarded as a sleeping giant. Well, was regarded as a sleeping giant. I believe that the giant has fully awoke and is causing havoc all around. But the standards of most last have been wide awake, winning FA Cups, League Cups, UEFA Cups, and the Champions League. Right, uh, Liverpool, nicknamed the Reds, was founded in Liverpool in, 19, in 1892. Their home stadium is, is unfelt with a capacity of 45,246 and they're pretty difficult to miss sporting their all red jersey hence they're called the reds um fun history or not really fun history kind of sad history um, liverpool fans were involved in two fatal car disasters in the 1980s and at the 1985 European Cup final at the Hazel Stadium in Brussels, Liverpool fans charged the Juventus fans, leading to a wall collapse that killed 39 Italians. Uh, four years later, a policing error prior to the FA Cup semi-final against uh, Nottingham Forest led to thousands of Liverpool's fans being diverted into a tiny area of the uh, Hillsborough Stadium, 96 supporters were killed. That's sad. That's really sad. But Liverpool have a really nice song. 
I know the song You'll Never Walk Along. Uh, it's a really nice song. And Liverpool is actually a really good team overall. Um, not as great as certain teams in, in Manchester. We'll not name them. But um, this is all you need to know about Liverpool. That's a wrap from our show. Thank you so much for listening. I genuinely, genuinely appreciate it. Uh, be sure to comment, uh, subscribe if you're using Google Podcast, and share it with your friends. I would really appreciate it. And if you can comment, if you have any suggestions, anything that you would like me to add or remove, be sure to let me know. As this is my very first episode. I want to say more, but I don't know what to say. So, thanks again for listening. Have yourself an amazing, wonderful day. Sure, sure.